everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Yes, it is. We talk about movies on this show. <laughs> well, finally, after a several month hiatus. We did have an episode last week we talked about our top 10 trilogies, which we promised a long time ago. Uh, whereas this week, we are finally back to talking about movies. And because we took a few months off because of other things we were doing, because we had busy schedules and, you know, time just wasn't there... We have a few Patreon vote winners because every month on patreon.com slash TV we put out four movies for our patrons to vote on in the $5 tier and up. And because we've had a few months without doing any episodes, we've got three or four of those winners to do in a row. So that'll actually be the next few episodes yeah. is just us working through these vote winners. Uh, do, do, so, do you know, I'm a little shocked we actually got to this this week. Why? Because last time you said, oh, we'll be, we'll be back with a movie next week. And every time you say that, it goes wrong. <laughs> on any of our shows whenever you say oh we will be back next week with this something tends to go wrong when it, when you make that declaration so yeah, usually something with you goes wrong and that, you make that me that is just fundamentally untrue you make me look a liar and that's 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 on you but anyway the vote for this one uh this this month that we're catching up on was a it was a four criterion collection movies and the winner was a night to remember from 1958 so that's what we're going to talk about we'll start spoiler free of course although it is a movie about the titanic so i mean you might it, be able to guess how it ends it has an iceberg all right <laughs> Do you know um so yeah if i to be honest i don't think there is any spoilers for this <laughs> No, I'm, no, I'm really thinking about it. It's not like James Cameron's Titanic, where there's like a love plot that you could potentially spoil the end of, or like who survives or whatever. It's, it's, it's a very kind of specific characters. Yeah, but... it's, it's a it's a very fly in the wall, not a documentary, but it definitely just kind of goes along with the idea that it's you know, this is what happened. This is what happened. Yeah. So Night to Remember is a movie about Titanic and it's kind of very matter of fact about how it presents everything. Uh, interesting to watch now, I think, from a present day perspective, because I think we both grew up with Titanic, with, you know, James Cameron's Titanic. You know, we were both kids when that came out. Yeah. It was the biggest thing on the planet for a year. Um, yeah. I think... Much like the Titanic itself. Yeah, much like the Titanic itself. Um I think what's weird about this review, I think, is that a lot of it is going to be comparing it to the the newer film. Because I feel like that is the point for comparison that I have. It is, but it's also kind of unfair. Well, in, in the no, sense no, 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 that... no, 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 because I, I don't mean comparing quality. That's not what I mean. I don't mean that at all. No, no, I mean, is they're, they're doing such different things that they're not even trying to do the same thing. So it's kind of unfair to even, uh, other than that they're the same subject matter. There is nothing else that really links these movies. Well, no, because you're missing the point of what I was going to say. Because for me, the big thing watching this movie was the surprise at how many of the same moments and places uh, are in both films. Because I, it, it kind of confirms just how much of what's in Titanic is clearly based on like some real accounts of what was going on. Because oh, sure, yeah. there's so many moments of like I recognize that staircase that was in the other movie. <laughs> I recognize this 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 idea the this guy stays with the ship or these violins are playing. Like these are all clearly things that people have like shared stories about from the real Titanic that they're in both movies. Um, yeah. to the point they made it feel kind of weird to the point where I was like, this is just like the modern Titanic, but without the actual main characters. Like there was, there was, there was a point where I kind of felt like that. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the undramatized version, isn't it? To, to a point. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Uh, there is one kind of subplot element that is not in the, the, the newer one, which was quite interesting. And because it wasn't in the newer one was the most interesting part of the film for me. And uh, sure. I was so interested in it that I actually went to Wikipedia afterwards just to find out, was that accurate? Does that, did that really happen? Or is it just in this movie only to find out that it did really happen? And it was like, okay, this is actually really interesting. That's this element that wasn't in the newer one. Um, it added this kind of, uh, like, frustration, frustrating element to this, this the, the real story of Titanic. Um, okay, yeah. yeah uh, right. And it makes you kind of, like, get upset at human incompetence, I suppose, uh, in a lot of ways. It doesn't take much, does it? It doesn't take much. Honestly, actually, my biggest takeaway from this movie is how awful human beings are, because... The one thing this movie actually plays with even more than the, the newer one is the class difference uh, between the first class and like the, the poor. Uh, what, what do they call the the not a, steerage? Steerage, yeah, whatever they call the the, the lower class one. Um, but like 
it's, it, it focuses so much on how all the rich people care more about their their possessions uh, they don't take things seriously they they're complaining about how cold it is when they're being evacuated things like that whereas like the ship's sinking the you crazy old bat get on the boat yeah, <laughs> get yeah. on the get on the lifeboat um but yeah, it's, it was actually... Sh- I was expecting more differences. I was expecting so much of what's in James Cameron's Titanic to be more fictionalized, I suppose. And obviously the main story with the, the romance is, but a lot of it's actually oh, the, the same. The as, details around it. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the rest of it's actually the same. Like, I was watching I, this movie and I was like, this is the same. <laughs> I suspect that's what makes that movie work as well as it does in the sense that, mm. you know, if, if you want to tell a lie surround it in as much truth as you possibly can and that lie seems more believable right i, and, like, and it's, I think that's a weird way to phrase it though i mean because it's not a lie no no no, no. but it's i mean a story. No, but I, it is and i know but i wanted to use that there where okay you want to tell this made-up story you know this made-up love story this romance plot mm-hmm. you surround it in so much authentic real detail and events that it feels as real as they do, like you know, and it oh, doesn't sure. feel disparate. Um, you know, there's even some characters though. I mean, obviously there was going to, the, the the captain in both is likely based on the same person. Uh, the person who you know designed the ship. Okay, likely the same person, right? Um, yeah. but even like there's even like there was a character in this who I went, oh, this is Kathy Bates from from Titanic. Like I know it's her. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like this is clearly they clearly I didn't realize that was based on a real person who was on the ship, but clearly it was because both this and and you know 1997's Titanic both have this character, so clearly there's these things here. Um, and I, obviously I assume Cameron has seen this because Cameron is obsessed with like Titanic, so I assume he's seen this movie numerous times. He knows there's no way he hasn't. Yeah, I'm assuming he knew this movie back to front, and I'm assuming that he knew what was accurate in it and what it, what wasn't and stuff. I actually. I, I wanted to and didn't have time because we were going to record this yesterday and we, we delayed it for a day and the one silver lining to that for me is I was going to try and listen to the commentary track on the, on the from Criterion because um, the I listened to the first minute of it because I, I was like oh yeah because the commentary track and what was fascinating about it is that it's like I can't remember who the second person was but the first person was like an expert of the actual Titanic and I listened to the first couple of minutes and I was like, oh, this is going to be a fascinating listen because it's, it's this person who just knows what's real and what's not and was going to like go through it and say, okay, this is how accurate this is or here's what, you know, really, or, you know, it just, I was like, okay, that's going yeah. to be a fascinating listen at some point is to sit and listen to that. I never had time, unfortunately, but... That's a shame. Uh, it's mm. funny because I know of one major thing they got wrong, not their fault, it was something that they didn't know till later. Oh, sure. But there was one relatively huge thing that oh, is just totally inaccurate. I think I may know this, but I th- I assumed it was a technical reason they couldn't do the effect. No. no. Is, it, is it what I'm thinking it is? It is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fairly sure you're on the right line when you've said that. No, nothing to do with that. Wait, so none of the eyewitnesses in the lifeboats happened to mention this or saw it? <laughs> I don't think they'd have known. Okay. Because it, because the, 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 the damage to the ship is underwater, right? Oh, I'm just thinking of how it's shown in the new movie, though. I'm thinking of, like, you know, like all the people in the lifeboats can clearly see it happen. Well, okay, yeah. It's probably amped up a little bit in that movie. Sure, okay, right. So, so it wasn't as visually spectacular. Uh, uh, probably not. Otherwise, they might have very dark. Maybe, True. Maybe they wouldn't have seen, you know, at, at night without light like that. You just know it doesn't. It doesn't take a that's lot true. of distance, that, so you can't really see anything. That's true, because all the lights in the ship go out, and it's not like um, obviously it's a movie, so they make sure we can see stuff. Whereas in real life, it's much darker. It's, it's kind of like whenever you're underwater, it's just pitch black. But even James Cameron's own movie, The Abyss, kind of cheats a little bit, so so you can see exactly. What's going it on. has to because it's a movie, right? Um, but but that that was something they didn't know until later. That's interesting. So. I, I actually just assumed that was a technical thing. They, they just couldn't do the effect. Yeah, I, mean, I think I mean it's the Titanic. We can probably just talk about what we're talking about here, right? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's split in half. You know, before it yeah. goes in under yeah, the water. Yeah, until they went down to the wreckage in I think '85, uh, they didn't know that it had split in half. Yeah, so when they made this movie, they you know literally they just uh, worked on the assumption that this is what happened. Um, yeah, because I, I assumed that they maybe maybe even did a test and was like, oh, this looks crap. Like because we're using models, this just doesn't look good. So we're just not going to yeah. do it. Which, for the most part, the models look fairly good. 
they do there's a couple there's the odd shot where like, they show people in windows and stuff and it's clear they're just little cutouts <laughs> as opposed yeah. to actual people but the wide shots of the models tend to look pretty good yeah no not bad like it's actually quite impressive you know this is 1958 obviously it's you know it's 41 41 no sorry 39 39 years before james cameron's titanic yeah. and it's interesting just how much of a leap you know between the I, two films are i think the only thing in terms of the models that consistently doesn't look that good is the iceberg that's true yeah yeah actually you're Which right it is weird it, it always looks like a, a cardboard paper mache sort of thing What's what's funny is again it's just all these small even down to the uh, the get you know the guy up top who shouts out iceberg ahead like even yeah. that line of dialogues like the identical to the newer movie which I assume means it's just based in fact like that's just that's just what was said exactly Probably. verbatim um, very in, very interesting um, just seeing like how much of it actually still lines up with the modern Titanic uh, which does lead us to the question of though. Is it is it worth watching? Does it have enough things on its own to make it, or is it good on its own? Like, what does it do? Because I think the obvious critique of this movie is that there isn't any main characters to kind of follow into and get attached to. It is very kind of impersonal in it a is, weird way. Yeah. And uh, I I do think it's too impersonal. I actually I think so too. I, it got to a point, like, you know, halfway through it when I realized we were never really going to get to know characters. Because I think there's a point at the start in the train where you're introduced to the the, the second, officer. second officer and it felt like an introduction for him. Like, okay, he's going to be the main character, I thought. Oh, he's going to be the one we kind of follow and he's going to be our, our, our eyes and ears and through this. He pops up maybe slightly more than some other characters. Slightly. But he's definitely not enough to be a main. I, I would say that he's, he's he feels just about equal to the captain and maybe the, the, the telegraph, you know, the dude, whoever has... Uh, role what the name of his role yeah. is um yeah i feel like they're just as frequent as he is um and you know we, we cut around and i it, it got to a point about halfway through where i went you know what for all the faults you might want to throw at the love story in the new one i think it's what this one's missing bizarrely maybe not that specific love story but just characters that that we focus on that we get to know and we care about um it, it's, it's um, missing it's something we talk about a lot this is going to sound weird as a comparison but with like superhero movies sure in that Sure, there's all this destruction, and it's obviously, oh, it's terrible. The city's being destroyed. But unless we know someone who's on the ground on a personal level in the story, it's hard to give a shit. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's very much that. It's it's kind of saying here where, yes, this is obviously a terrible event. There's lots of people about to die. This is the Titanic. But I, d I don't care on a personal level about any of these characters. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say full spoilers, because, again, there's not a lot to actually spoil. So yeah. I was going to say, Phil, just in case something does feel like a spoiler at some point, because I, I wanted to like, say things. The, like I said, the only real emotion I got out of this movie is when I got mad at people because they were, you know, the rich people wanting their, their, frustrating. their diamonds or complaining and say, this is an outrage, we have to do this. Or, or you know, it's like the ship's sinking, get on the boat, you cow. <laughs> like, or, or when the, you know, the, the poorer people are coming up and they're like, right, let's cut through one of the, the, the nice areas that we're not supposed to go through. But hey, it's an emergency. And there's a staff member there. It's like, what are you doing up here? Go, go back down to your floor. Stop. Like, I believe crew member would probably be more crew, accurate. Crew would have term. been more appropriate. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> staff member. Do you know what it was? It's because he was he was like a waiter or something. Sure. Yeah. So it's, he, it's not like yeah, he's a sailor. Yeah. He's exactly. I think that that was what I was getting at. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, yeah, on a cruise ship, I imagine you wouldn't consider them the crew. You consider them, you know, staff like wait staff. Wait staff. You know, but I wouldn't say they're they're the crew. Yeah, um, I feel like in a ship like this, though, they are more like the crew, bizarrely. I'm I'm gonna say you're probably right. If I think crew right. might have been the correct term, but, but there is a reason that my head went to staff in this particular. Yeah, I mean, because obviously there's passengers, but it is it is a transport ship. They're just traveling from, you know, uh, yeah. Ireland to to New York. You know, they're, they're going this yeah. distance. Uh, anyway, um. But of course, the big thing was the the subplot with the other ship, the California ship, uh, the Californian, I think was the name of it. Um, uh, and this is the thing that wasn't in the new movie at all. So this was the thing that was like new and fresh to me, and was generally because of that the most interesting thing in the movie. Because I was like, oh, what's this? What's, what's going on here? And it's basically this small ship that was about ten miles, give or take, from Titanic, which could have came and rescued a bunch more people because it was a bigger, bigger ship. It wasn't lifeboat. It was a big enough ship that it could have taken a few, few hundred probably on it, board. It, it could have taken enough. Yeah, 
and because we keep hearing about this uh, other ship this uh carthinia or whatever it was called that Catalonia, was maybe no it was definitely more of a Carth. Carth- uh, there's an earth sound in there um oh, okay. but that that's coming from a distance it's going to take four hours but they know they're sinking in 90 so it's like okay it's going to get there to help after the fact and to take people off the lifeboats but it's not going to be but there there's to only help. so much it can do yeah it's not going to help people in the process uh whereas this other ship could help them and basically you know the the first the first problem uh, at least in the movie i mean how accurate this is uh, to to real life is debatable and I, there was like a, you know when I, mean, I read it on wikipedia there was like a hearing as to you know misconduct and things like that and you know he said she said so kind of thing it happened to some degree yeah um but i mean it was definitely there like it was definitely in this distance it was definitely there and didn't help those mm. these facts are true uh, but there's the 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 telegraph operator on the titanic basically ignored the first warning of of ice well not the first warning but the, the major warning of ice the reason why they, the small ship uh, basically stopped moving and just went to sleep for the night is because they just oh we can't pass through this tonight it's too dangerous we're going to just go to sleep um yeah. and stay still and you know when they send this warning you know the telegraph operator who's on this smaller ship uh sends us to titanic and is basically just cut off and told no we've got a lot of rich people's messages to put out and we can, they can only do one at a time so we're going to do that so leave us alone is basically his attitude. He has to get through the all the rich people stuff. So it's like, okay, fine. I tried. Um, you do you. I'm clocking yeah. out. And there's no actual operator on duty for the rest of the night. There's, there's one guy who wants to listen because he's trying to learn, but he's, he's not actually learned more scored yet. So he's, he's just kind of, you know, trying yeah, his best. That, yeah. um, and they keep, like, waking up the captain. Like, you know, eventually Titanic's letting off flares because they know there's, there's a small ship out there. And, uh, like, you know... Th- the guy like calls on it, and every single time the captain's woken up on the ship, he's just annoyed that he's been woken up, and yeah. he's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Oh, the, the flare gun. They're sending out rockets. Like that's just like five now." He's like, "Well, are they, are they a color? Because if they're a certain color, they'll just be a company color to let you know to you know convey information, as opposed yeah, to some sort of signal to some to another yeah, company ship, as opposed to a mayday." And he doesn't care enough to check. He just doesn't care. Uh, you know, the first time he, he says, "He goes, ah, oh, just just keep flashing them with your light and see if they respond." Yeah, but as I read on Wikipedia, they should have known that the the angle the ship was at, they'd never see it. They'd never be able to respond to it. Um, mm. So it's just this negligence. It's this kind of easy. And Joe, this oddly reminded me of just in recent memory was watching Chernobyl and just the incompetence of not accepting that something's happening, uh, being the downfall of lots of people. Um, that one was worse in the sense, not ov- obviously the scale was worse, but just in yeah, the yeah, sense yeah. that that was willfully going. We don't want to think about that. Whereas this was just, just let me sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing where I, he should have said, "Okay, that, that's like just let's just go over there. Let's just sail a couple of miles and just get a better look at what's going on." Like yeah. that, that would have been, you know, get get to a better angle so they could signal them and find out what's happening, and they could have saved hundreds of lives. Um, because you know, it is kind of interesting watching like this play out in nineteen fifty eight, like effects and the way they, they handle the ship sort of tipping over and obviously it's not as bombastic as the 97 version, but, you know, they do a pretty good it's, job. It's it's mostly quite subtle for a long time. Uh, you know, just you, you just see everything just tilt slightly every so often. Joe, you know what's funny, though, is it, it does feel like it, it... It feels like it's very sort of relaxed for a long time where, like, you don't feel like anything's really happening except they're talking about it's going to happen. And then, you know, once they're... Because, you know, one thing that this movie does not have compared to the newer one is there's a lot of stuff of them, like, going through the decks as it's filling with water in the newer one. You know, there's Kate Winslet and Leo, like, going through all these, like, hallways and stuff and the, the water's, and like, up to their necks. As soon as that water's in there, shut it off. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, again, that's a budget thing. It's like, no, we don't want to film, like, all these sets underwater and, like, all yeah. this stuff. Like, they, they, they do it as they can. Um but if we're, if we're talking about the movie, I mean, it's not a bad movie. It works. It's very impressive for its time period, and it, it does it's what it just, does. It's just so impersonal that it's hard to actually care as a narrative. It, it reminds me, bizarrely, of Dunkirk, where I'm I'm impressed with what they're doing, but I'm not really emotionally attached to a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I preferred this over Dunkirk. That's fair. It's more straightforward. It, it makes more sense, uh, you know, from a narrative It is, and I think a Dunkirk relied on the te- it, it relied on being in the cinema ideally IMAX mm-hmm. uh, watching it on a smaller screen does not have the desired effect whatsoever whereas this still has a this, I, I think roughly give or take the same sort of effect no matter what screen you're watching it on 
no it's a good looking movie like it looks good pretty much all the time like yeah um it is just missing that personal touch it's missing that that central character or two that you really care about and 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 we're not saying that they should have made up characters like you know like titanic did later on but yeah no no just um there's, there's things in here just focus in a little bit more on what they were doing and make it just a touch more personal I, I, to them because i think you know going with the, the the i think the strongest feeling i had in this movie was the frustration of human error and human negligence and human sort of again the idea that the first class passengers are are being um they're, they're sitting playing poker while this is still happening and yeah, and and people are rushing around around them, and they go, ah, we'll be fine. It's unsinkable. It's just like it's just how it touched it. Yeah, it's the hubris. The, the movie's a lot about the hubris, and that that final point is made at the end as well. But yeah, I, I think what it really needs to do because that stuff I think is the strongest in the film. I think for me, it would have been better to yeah, let's like say like focus on the second officer because he's kind of the one who's in charge of trying to save everyone essentially once things go down, and it's the idea that his job has been made tougher by people not cooperating, by people not you know going along with yeah. a plan by people and i i think that frustration that you could have focused on that now i think obviously some people might say that you know we're being harsh here because uh, you have to view it through the lens of its time it's made and that is true to a point and i think we always try and do that but ultimately we're viewing this now and we're going to review it uh, how it works and how it plays now uh, because here's the thing i think people assume that you're going to be harsh on every movie from the past but that's the thing i'm not because a lot of great movies from 50, 60, 70 years ago hold up perfectly oh, well. absolutely. I mean, we've spoken about plenty of them on this show. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie, while technically very impressive and uh, good in a lot of ways, suffers, and I think it suffers because it is so impersonal to me. It's, it's exactly the sort of reason why I don't get into certain war movies, because I just I f- it feels impersonal. Um, I, I'll come back to this time and time again. I don't care that it's based on a real event. I'm not going to just care because it happened to real people. You still have to make me care about the characters in the movie. In fact, yeah. I'll give you one small thing towards the end that I really liked. Um, is there's, a, there's a random uh, guy who runs into a child who's been abandoned, uh, who can't find, well, not abandoned, but can't find his mother. And yeah. this guy sort of is, well, we can't have that now, can we? Let's go and find her, even though he knows they're going to die. He knows they're going to die. There's no hope. And even yeah. as the as the ship's like tipping over, he's putting his coat around him and saying, "It's going to be okay. We're going to find your mother. I'm going to find your mother for you." Like that was like the one little spark of a moment where I'm like, I actually kind of care about this guy. This guy is doing his best as a human and, being to make this kid feel better. Yeah, and and then you've got you know climbing up onto the the overturned boat, he's passing up the kid first. Like, oh, make sure the kid's okay. Yeah, and you know looks in and kid's obviously already dead he just yeah. kind of and, and, just lets him back out into the water and it's so the second officer it. it's the second officer he hands the kid to and he lets it drift out into the water because it's already dead and like yeah just like i feel like that's a nice little personal touch more of that would have been good uh more characters that we just knew because i i can't name you a single character in this movie i don't know any of their names because none of them are characters to that extent we, we've talked a few on right like captain second officer yeah that, um, that is the best of what we have to, to yeah. offer and I, I don't think it's worth, you know, usually we'd make an effort, we'd get the IMDP page up and go through, okay, who's who uh, with their names to at least try and make an effort. Uh, I don't think it's worth it here because the film doesn't try to make an effort with them as characters either. None of them, it doesn't bother trying to let, tell me their names. It, it, it doesn't matter to this story. No, it really doesn't. And you know, that's that's kind of the, the, what I would say is the main problem with it is, yeah, that I just I, think, I I don't feel a personal attachment to I, the characters. No, I, mean, I think the point, if I'm gonna try and defend this decision, is it feels impossible because it's just trying to show the scale and look how bad, look how many people. Why should we focus in on one or two when there's hundreds here? And I understand that as an idea, as a concept. I just think as a narrative, it, it suffers because of it. No, I do too. Um so and again this is this is viewing it from how we look at movies uh in 2019 and i i do think that this is an interesting film to watch i think it's worth watching because it is from a different era it's worth watching to see how they handled this like 40 plus years ago or 50 plus now but if i hell almost 60 almost 60 yeah like 60 last year yeah i was gonna say it's over 60 yeah well you know well, it's because I forgot that it's been twenty years since Titanic, all right? Like, <laughs> I, I know, I know. <laughs> that still feels recent to me, and yet it's twenty-two years old now. 
It's because Cameron's still off there making huge movies that, yeah, well, it can't have been that long ago. Yeah, it's just Cameron's only had one movie come out since Titanic, so it feels like <laughs> just a short amount of time. Um, so, you know, well, it's that's imp- depressing, isn't it? It's impossible not to think about Titanic when you're watching this. And, you know, even down to the moment of the, the, the guy sneaking on the ship, but and then the guy yeah. letting the ship go down, you know, the, the lifeboat go down anyway. Um, like, that moment's in the new one. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's Billy Zane's character in the new one who does that, the sly little move. Yeah. Um, so it's a more prominent character in the new one, but that moment's there. So again, I assume there was a, a story about someone, someone doing this. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a neat little neat little beat. Um, it's very well made. It, it's very much of its time, and the seeing the the carnage, uh, you know, mixed in with the rich people just complaining that it's an inconvenience, uh, is a real interesting study of the hubris of some of the characters and how even once it's sinking, it's like, oh, I can't. Even the captain's like, oh, I can't be sunk. And the guy who built the ship's the first one to go, no, it's going to sink. Like, no, like because of what's it's, happening, it's yeah. going to sink. I, I might have screwed up. Yeah. Uh, so he you know, he goes down with his ship, and you know as is the captain. Um, oh, I noticed that it didn't make as much of a big moment out of the captain staying with the ship in the same way. No, it really doesn't. He's just he's there, but it, he's there with most of the other men. Yeah, because in the new movie, there's a moment where he's on the the bridge, uh, yeah. and the, the the water comes in the windows, and it's kind of this big moment. Um, whereas here, you know, it's just there. Uh, but you, you've got the the string quartet playing, you know. Chopin's uh, funeral march, I believe. Yeah, um, I mean, you know better than I do the pieces they're playing. <laughs> it was uh, when when he starts playing. Uh, not when not when they start playing. You know, after he plays on his own and they come back. Not that one. The bit before where he goes right. You know, n- number twenty four or whatever it was. Sure. That one. That that one. That one. Chopin's funeral march. And uh, I, I got a good chuckle out of that. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if that was actually what they played, but I mean, there would have been a nice irony. Uh, you know, to them, you know, it's it's gallows humor at that point. Oh sure, yeah. Um, if this was happening now, I'd like to think uh, they'd start playing Highway to Hell or something with like that. I don't know. So yeah, we... yeah, but that that, that is, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, gallows humor. Well, we're gonna die. Let's let's have some fun with it, right? Um. So I, yeah, it, honestly, it's, it's, I was watching this and I was actually worried, like halfway through it, like how much am I going to have to say about this movie because. It's going through the beats of what's happening. I, I guess cause that's why I'm saying that the most interesting parts of it to me is, is just con- to compare it to the new one and just talk about all the beats that are st- in both movies because it's the the thing that was sticking out to my mind for the most mm. part. Um, because ultimately, because there's no interesting characters to really latch on to and talk about the journey and the suspense and the, you know, are they going to be one of the characters who survives or not? It doesn't have quite the same drama to it to really dive dive into. It it doesn't. It's supposed to feel faux documentary, like you know, mm. it's just a it's it's a documentation of this is what happened, uh, but on a you know a, a relatively big budget scale, um, but because it's doing that approach, it it just loses any dramatic tension. Yeah, and I actually think it's a little bit overlong because you know it. They had the iceberg relatively early on in the movie. It's, it's not like yeah, the, it's maybe half an hour in at most. Yeah, it's it's not like the, the newer one where there's a lot of build up before they get to that point. Um, it happens relatively early on, and then you know the, the stuff after that's fine. Where it's like okay, they're starting to realize something's wrong. They're assessing the damage, yada yada yada. But there's a point about an hour in or so where okay, they're starting to fill lifeboats, and I went, "How's there an hour left of this? <laughs> How's there an hour yeah. left? We're at the point where we're already filling lifeboats." And I do think that the back half did drag a little bit um, in the middle yeah, of I, that portion, like, you know, when they're still filling lifeboats and we're, it's okay, it's been another half an hour since we started filling yeah. lifeboats. It's a bit of a problem, just on a conceptual level, with the way the ship is filling with water, the the the, the more it fills, the quicker it then fills, the quicker it goes down, right? And yeah. and the quicker it goes down, the more it fills again. So, you know, it's this, it's constantly getting faster and sinking quicker because of the because of the way it's done. Um, so it it should feel like you know okay it's getting tense you know we're, we're getting quicker we're, we're running out of time more and more and more as we're going on and I don't feel that yeah the ticking clock's not quite there I don't think because it should be speeding up as it goes whereas it always just feels consistent mm. yeah so yeah it's rough but it's definitely not a bad movie Oh no, no I don't want to be too harsh on it because it's it's a really solidly made film that looks good um 
obviously, there's no great performances in the sense that because everyone's just got a little to do. No, no one's got enough. Yeah, to do, but no uh, one's bad. Like every everyone no. is is kind of doing their, their small parts well. Um, yeah. like, like all, the, all the Reach people are suitably contemptible. Yeah, I, you know, and like I say, the stuff with the other ships and the the idea that some tried, some of it could have been prevented, or some of the people could have been saved. Yeah, and uh, that's very clearly the message of the film. Because at yeah. the end, it talks about how okay, now everyone has enough lifeboats to fill, you know, all the, all the maximum people rather than just the bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, even just outside of that, just the the, the final point that the second officer makes is, uh, you know, the, the 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 problem here is that we all believed it couldn't happen. It was the hubris of thinking we'd built something unsinkable. So, you know, and that that extends to why there wasn't enough lifeboats. It was just enough for regulation, not enough to actually save everyone. Yeah, um, and the idea that it had happened before, of course it had. You know, he, he's saying he himself had been shipwrecked before. But even though it had happened before, you still think it wouldn't happen anyway. So it's, it's just about accepting accepting that it can happen in prepping for us it's about not assuming that you're untouchable and not assuming that bad things can happen um yeah. and that you know had they just made the appropriate uh, preparations uh, all of this needless tragedy could have essentially been avoided outside of the actual ship itself going down but ultimately what is that it's metal and, and rivets and whatever who cares the people are what important um and it's something like seventy percent of the people on the ship died. So, you know, it's, it's a it's a big tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they saved. I think I think they said in this they saved about seven hundred odd out uh, of twenty two hundred. No, I was I was looking at the wiki page. I was looking up the facts afterwards. There's like okay. a table of percentages of overall how many were saved, but also how many of the first class were saved, how many of the women were uh, saved, uh, okay. how many Fair of the enough. children were saved. Like it was it went into great deal, and obviously. The lower class had the lowest percentage in every conceivable. Oh, I'm sure. Bracket. But then you know, you, the the women and children are significantly higher than the men. I assume. Yes, yes, but like it's not a great percentage in the lot. You know, whereas the first class, it was like a really high percentage for the women and children. Mm. Um, you know, they definitely were prioritizing a little bit in terms of oh, class. Definitely. So, no, very, very good. Um, so I, yeah, the the movie's really solid. It's it's kind of a thing though where. Because it takes this very no-nonsense approach, it ultimately uh, could use a bit more pizzazz. Um, it's I, more something I'd recommend as a curiosity rather as yeah. something, okay, sit down and watch a great movie as you know a story in its own right. I feel like, though, depending on your taste, though, you might get into this a bit more than we did. I, I think if you like something that feels a bit more just like an accurate uh, account of something, you're probably going to yeah. get a lot more into it. Whereas, whereas I am not someone who's into that typically. I need, I need it to be a movie. I need it to be a story. And that's not yeah, what this it's is. why when we have like you know the the the, the biographical pictures that mm. uh, you know taking you know, a dramatize someone's life, some people get really annoyed when they change details and you know okay they 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 play with the rules you know play with the the events that happened uh, you know in the timeline and things like like uh, it happened a lot last year with um oh god what was the name of the Queen film that came out last year I don't know. Very Malik. I've forgotten the name of the damn film. Oh, oh I thought you meant the, the Queen, as in the Queen of uh, no, no England. Oh, uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Thank you. Yeah, and and there there are things at, at the end of that where they they change the timeline. Okay, they have something happen before this moment instead of after, and people were furious about that. I'm like, I don't care if it makes a better movie narratively. Right? You know, it's it's if it's a movie. If I want the facts, I can go and read the facts. I can watch a documentary. If I want a, a a narrative movie, which is at that point what I'm after, I want to see what works best for the story. If you have to change a few details, so be it. What's funny about that to me is that it's still not enough. I I still I would describe myself as someone who doesn't like biographies almost entirely. I mean, there's a few exceptions, but ultimately, a real person's life is a hard thing to turn into a movie because ultimately, even if you change some stuff to try and make it fit into the structure of a movie. Um, it still doesn't work for me because it just doesn't feel like it fits. No, no, no I get that. Like, um, so, you know, a great example is a, a, you know, Darkest Hour, the Churchill film from a couple of years ago. There's a a huge scene at the end. Uh, it was in trailers and stuff as well, but a, a big scene on the tube where he, you know, and uh, it, it's this huge pivotal moment in the movie, and and it uh, just didn't happen. <laughs> this moment never happened at all. Mm. 
but and and again it it but it made a better narrative movie so i'm okay with it at the end of the chernobyl's though actually because chernobyl's a pretty accurate thing uh, up yeah. until towards the end but that final episode which was mostly fabricated to kind of like encapsulate kind of what the show was doing um has is such a great dramatic ending to the show that i would never change it and i bet there are some years. people who utterly despise it because of that probably probably but i think it was the right thing to do i think it was the yeah. right thing to do. We, we tend to come down on the same side of this whereas you, know, you you would agree a lot of them don't go far enough for you and it still feels like okay this is there's, there's, there's very it's... few biographies that i i like there's very few historical films that i like i Ultimately, yeah. they just don't work for me that much because I think I'd rather have a documentary that just actually does does it factually correct uh, to the best of their ability, um, rather mm. than try to dramatize it if they're not going to. Because, like, also, I, I just I don't know. Like, I don't mind something something being based on a true story. Like, if someone you know, when I watch, uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and someone says, "Hey, it's technically based on the true story of Ed Gein," I'm like, "Okay, sh- there's some inspiration, but it's not the story of Ed Gein. Like, that, that's yeah. not what it is. It's a story that was made from scratch." It's just inspired in a couple of details by that. Um, whereas something like this, you know, this is clearly paying a lot of attention to, and it's all it's, it's this weird thing where because a lot of the details matched up with 1997's Titanic, I basically took the corroboration as being, well, I guess all the things that are the same in both are probably true because that's why they're in both. And maybe that's a wrong assumption. assumption. Yeah, maybe uh, that's wrong, but like, you know, corroboration is usually one of the things that, it's like, oh, you actually usually back something up, you know? The only way that it would be wrong is either there is a fundamental fact that that was wasn't known until after you know after 97's Titanic as well or Cameron's just a big fan of this movie and wanted to use a couple of things <laughs> exactly which is very possible which is possible but unlikely unlikely so yeah. no it's it's uh it's interesting um so yeah yeah um I think there's something really odd about this coming right before World War One as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's something really like just like, there's this like cloud hanging over it where I'm like, yeah, you have no idea that the absolute horrific couple of years ahead of the world, um, as this is happening. Um, so I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting piece of cinema from its time. Uh, that I think it's fascinating to sort of visit and sort of, you know, compare to the newer movie, see how, see how it was done differently. But ultimately, um, is a piece of cinema to, to enjoy. Now, I said I might watch it again with the commentary track because I think that's different because I'm interested in hearing the, the, the... You just want to hear what they have to yeah. say rather than the movie. And th- th- this will be a nice sort of, like, uh, stage for them to, like, to prompt certain, you know, topics and subjects and... It also makes it easier to follow what they're saying because it's like, hey, okay, they're talking about the, this event in real life compared to what's on the screen and so on. But I yeah. don't think I'm interested in ever watching this movie again as a movie mm, because no, um, L- likely I never will. Yeah. So, that's what it is. Uh, it is the need to remember. Um, there you go. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a shame because there's a good chance that the other three films that didn't win might have been better movies for us. But, I mean, if they wanted an interesting conversation, uh, maybe this was one to talk about why. uh, I I have no idea what the other three films were, so. Well, I can't remember now. This vote was like four months ago. I know, I know. um, I don't think I ever knew. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a night to remember. Uh, so, and you know, if you're a fan of this movie, I get it. I get why you would like this. I get why this would appeal to certain people. But as someone who doesn't like history films, uh, typically, uh, it yeah, makes sense I, that this is I isn't... like some historical films. When I'm more interested in the... To me, to me Titanic, while obviously a, a momentous event, I'm not unaware that it's not personally interesting to my tastes in history. You know, it's 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 an event. I It's relatively recent enough that i kind of know all you know i know all about it just generally whereas something from longer ago i probably know less about so therefore it's likely more interesting to me are you buying a ticket on titanic 2 if why not they'll have got everything sorted by then right (laughs) i just it's definitely gonna be unsinkable this time sod's law dictates that that'll sink the first voyage sod's law dictates that it's happening again which is why they'll never name a ship it no they'll do a titanic 2 sure but this 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 is a thing i read about this damn it sure they're going to launch titanic 2 um 
I was actually th- I was actually thinking though during this like uh, like how how just like shipping technology gotten to a point where this just wouldn't happen again the way it did like you know radar and like sensors and you know just just all the tech we have now like is it possible that this would even happen now? I mean, probably not. But hey, equipment can fail. Equipment can sure sure. People can human error. People can misread it. You know all sorts of things. Could yeah, that's true. Go wrong. I mean, it's far. I'd say it's far less likely to happen. Uh, but uh, is is that just a hubris again? I don't think so. I I think it's a fair statement to say that it's less likely given our technology now. And it's al- less likely. But yeah. I I almost wondered as well that you know you know given the way ships are built, is there better safety precautions in the way they're built? Like you know because the almost because because yeah. the way you described this is like okay because five compartments are filling with water, we're going to sink, right? If it had just been three. We'd have been fine. We'd have been fine, yeah. Yeah. I, I was just wondering, like, the way ships are built, especially ships that are close to this size. I know, I know this was the biggest, and I don't think anything's topped it, but, like, um, you know, like, I'm wondering, like, you know, are they built within a way that's compartmentalized? Say, with, with it, it was the biggest, but it did have a sister ship, right? Which was presumably the same size, so. Was it? I mean, if it was a sister ship, I would have assumed so. I was under the impression that we never actually topped the size of the Titanic. But, I but mean. It had. Uh, I know it had a sister ship. Go on, fact check. So, what was the sister ship called? Uh, there was there was three of them. There was the Olympic, the Titanic, and the 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 Britannic. All three were designed to be the largest and most luxurious ships in the world. Well, I'm to them. Did they sail for years? Did they, were they functional? Uh, one uh one retired. Two was lost. So what's it? Oh, you have to elaborate on lost there. Um, well, obviously, Titanic is one of them. Uh, the Britannic uh, was sunk by a torpedo in the Irish Sea. Uh, she was, uh, you know, the largest ship lost during World War One. Oh, okay. All right. And the Olympic uh, was taken out of service in 1935 and scrapped between then and 1937. But went through, got through World War One and served. You know, it was you know a, a navy ship. Okay. Yeah, there you go. That's a night to remember. Um, hopefully we didn't upset too many people with our our kind of indifferent attitude <laughs> towards the movie. Um, but as what it is, I, I think it's... Uh, just by its nature, I don't think it was ever going to like strike a, a big chord with us. Um, no. And I, I don't think, like, going in, I didn't know that, because I didn't know it was going to be this matter-of-fact. Yeah, no, not to die. I, I, I was expecting more of a, a central story to it. Um, yeah, I, I knew it was about the Titanic, and then you know, five minutes in, we've got the second officer. We've got scene with him, him and his wife, and you know, it's some banter with with people there, and it's it's very, it feels like oh, okay, we're establishing a lead here. Yeah, with some very stuck up uh, people who are who think he's mocking the Titanic because he's he's making fun of the soap ad that's there, and he's like, oh, we don't like that talk very much. You're you're you should be proud of something that your your country's built or something like that. He's got a very like snobby patriotic viewpoint. Yeah. Um and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And the wife's like, excuse me, but he's the second officer. I I I I just like there's so much that I would critique <laughs> about <laughs> about the country that I just like Oh, now more than ever. Piss off. Like piss off. Uh so, you know, whatever. Um well, I say I mean England specifically. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll take blame for Brexit. The, <laughs> not, not personally, obviously. That, that is not on my head. I, I did my damnedest. <laughs> Brexit, but actually, basically every bad vote that's ever went wrong is all, all entirely to blame with the majority of England. Quite frankly, well, that is likely true. On, on Brexit itself, I personally did exactly as much as you personally did. No one's disputing this. The point so, is... No, the point I just, is, so I just want, do not want to be held personally responsible. Yes, but the point is, if you look at the map, uh, what which entire country voted the correct way, may I ask? Hmm? That's, was hey, it England? Hey, no, was it, it Wales? No, no, definitely. I was, I was going to throw Wales under the bus myself there. <laughs> I'm not taking full blame for this. Those Welsh uh, bastards are coming down with us. I mean, I'll give England one thing. At least one city voted the correct way. One one little bit of the map. Uh, no. Most of the major cities actually did. 
yeah, yeah. The, the, the metropolitan cities. No, but, no, but in the counties that were counted in the, on the map, the only bit of the map that was coloured correctly was uh, London. Okay, sure. If you count the entire county, then yes. That's overall. what I'm counting. Yeah but, yeah, but that's not fair. London's yeah. just big enough on the map yeah, but, but London gets its own spot. Yes, London's its own county. That, but it doesn't change the fact that London's the only part of the whole England map that voted correctly and said, no, we okay. want to stay in the EU. It is county-wide, but it's it's not the only city. I dispute that. Fine, it wasn't the only city. It doesn't change the fact that all the other counties are all shitheads and voted for Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what's really funny? Mm-hmm. It's... By the time this is public on YouTube, our Prime Minister might have bloody resigned. <laughs> but we could be in a completely different political situation. Hopefully he does. Hopefully he does. No one wants Boris. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. And uh, I, I would appreciate it if when we refer to him on air, we could refer to him as Feffel. I'd ask why, but I don't want to hear the explanation. I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. So <laughs> It would just make you angry. I'm not in the mood. Um, so, that, <laughs> I, love, I love how I talk about a movie about Titanic. Oh, by the way, I do want to critique one more thing. Um, there's one Scottish character in this movie, and they've got him in a tartan scarf, uh, speaking as Scottish as humanly possible. That's, I'm like, uh, that's realistic, isn't it? This was, this was just racism. I'm, like, I'm just going to call it what it is. This, this was English racism towards Scottish people, and I'm not standing for it. I'm not standing for it. I'm surprised he didn't have a terrier in his hand and you know he had a bonnet on and every- oh no 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 yeah. there was not- a bottle of scotch in there at one point i'm not standing for it bunch of bunch of pish <laughs> bunch of pish although i did laugh actually seeing the launch in the ship at the start um it was from uh scotland it was from uh uh oh i want to say clade bank it was definitely right. it was clade we'll get because that's a, like Glasgow and its like heyday back then was a big shipbuilding yeah. uh, area, yeah. so it makes sense that that's where it was launching from. But because uh, the, the the minute of the commentary I listened to mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I know what that is, <laughs> I know where it's launching from. Um, um, but it wasn't actually uh, from what I if I heard it correctly, because I was only kind of was half paying attention to this minute, but as I was like testing it uh, to see what it was like. Um, but I think they said that the actual ship that were launching in this scene, which was uh, archive footage, it was archive footage, but it wasn't of the Titanic because there's no actual footage of the Titanic launching. No, no, it was just a different ship that was like, ah, that'll do. Yeah, I, I loved though the the the, the christening of it though. They had the bottle of booze on the on a the little swing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like well, she didn't just hit it off the ship like a proper person. She had to like swing it <laughs> into it. Yeah, like come on, come on, Liz. It was good. It was good, <laughs> I like it. Well. Was it Liz? It was Liz Senior, right? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't current Liz, because, I mean, she's not that old. Yeah. She's pretty goddamn old, but she's not that old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, that has been a night to remember, and hopefully this has been a review to remember. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> all, all that's left is to rate it. Oh, yeah. Aye, that's a good point. Rate it, Connor. Uh, it's been that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, this might sound unfairly harsh I don't know but I'm going to give it a 6 because it's technically good I just just don't care yeah yeah it's it's tough to rate movies like this because it it has its place in history and I can see like I can see the spectacle of seeing this in 1950 and I can see the the inspiration and I, I can see just it's all, all that is why I've said a six probably feels like it's harsh. Yeah, it feels undeserving of a six, but I can't really, I don't feel any higher than that on, on a personal level. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, we've always graded on a curve. It's not like a six here means a six that you know when I rate, you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part whatever a six. It's not. I don't. I don't mean they're the same. I just mean no, no. no. You mean you enjoyed the, that. As a you know, it was it was very enjoyable, but it's not very good. Whereas this is very good technically, but maybe you didn't enjoy it as but, much. But, but guess which one I like watching more? Exactly the one that I enjoyed more. <laughs> even even exactly. if it's still, even if I can't go any higher than a six for that. Yeah, um, even if it's objectively a worse movie than this. Yes, with a lot less effort and money and and technical skill and everything else. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, six seems fair. Yeah, I, I you know, because as I was watching, I, I was debating, you know, as high as a seven, thinking that, no, 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 it's, it's, it's good, because it's doing what it's setting out to do, it's achieving it what is. it's doing, <laughs> but it isn't connecting with me, and I'm not feeling emotionally engaged or or scared, outside of just the, the one subplot and some of the rich people making me angry, and kind of like, getting that point across that uh, the hubris and the, the idea of possession and like all that side of it and what's wrong with humanity because ultimately a movie like this much like something like chernobyl or anything else that's based on a real tragedy is usually about how how we can avoid it in the future you know the mistake the human error that led to if not yeah. the disaster itself but how it was dealt with and the, the, the loss that happened after it yeah. um whereas chernobyl's a one-two punch with that because it could have been averted and then how it was handled after led to more death so oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's what it is. Anyway, that is that is us though. So uh, yeah, uh, let us know what you think of a night to remember in the comments. If you have seen it, you can of course like and subscribe. You can comment uh, and let us know. You can uh, support us in a couple of different ways. You can rate the Apple Podcasts, you know, version of the podcast feed. You can give us five stars on there. It helps us out a lot. Uh, if you have a different podcast app that also has a rating system, rate us on there too. Uh, you can support us financially by going to patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us for as little as $1 per month. So go and have a look and see if you, you want to do that. Um, otherwise, you can, of course, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates and look out for other content that we have uh, we have two other movie review shows a uh, movie podcast that we do we have the horror movie podcast that i do with tim which is called screams after midnight and we have the science fiction movie podcast that i do with tara which is called the ace the atomic cinema experiment so you can go check out those two and see if you're into those uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies guys and if you can get it it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity